Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I know, I know I'm a couple days late on this one and a few of you have actually reached out to ask, is there an episode this week? Um, And here it is. And I'm sorry it's a couple days late, but I'm also not sorry because the fact that a few of you actually reached out asking about it lets me know that like y'all are listening. (laughs) And I love it and it warms my heart. So thank you. Thank you for those who reached out and asked. And if you didn't, I am deeply sorry that I'm a couple days late, but things have been just a little hectic over here. You know, I'm trying to get this whole new phase of life up and running over here in San Diego. And I've been interviewing for jobs. I've been reconnecting with friends. I've been looking at places, you know, all the things you have to do when you start somewhere new. And by the way, guys, I haven't interviewed for a job in person in like four and a half years. Like I think it was early 2019 was the last time I interviewed in person. At the company I worked at after that, it was all virtual interviews. So talking to three-dimensional humans again is wild. (laughs) So yesterday during an interview, actually, uh, it was actually four total interviews, But during the last one, I am talking to a very high-level woman at this company and another very high-level woman who is actually the woman I was talking to's boss. uh, She pops her head into the office and just said like she's not feeling well and she's probably going to take a call they had that afternoon from home. And I will tell you like nothing about this woman said I'm not feeling well. Like she's bright. She's bubbly. Her makeup's perfect. She's you know, super warm, friendly, and kind to me, and just like great energy. So then when she left, the woman who I was interviewing with told me that that woman was having some pretty serious um, health issues, like with her eyes specifically. And that's something I never would have guessed or noticed. And that was actually one small example of what I wanted to talk about this week, which is that we rarely know the whole story. This is why I'm going to keep preaching this gospel of defaulting to kindness because we so rarely know everything that's going on in someone's life, and we can't. And all those small fleeting interactions we have that with people we barely know, we can't. We can't know the whole story. And so that's why we default to showing people the same kindness and compassion that we would want. And I know it's hard to be objective about ourselves, but I do feel like strangers tend to open up to me and probably more so than most people. Um, I think that's partially because I ask so many questions and I ask people a lot about themselves and, you know, people want to feel heard. They want to feel seen. And my natural curiosity connects very well with that human need. But I think that a lot of times when we have these fleeting interactions with strangers or casual acquaintances or office colleagues, these are just surface level conversations. It's topical chit chat in the office kitchen while we're making coffee, or it's a brief conversation with a cashier at our local grocery store or the barista at our favorite coffee shop. It's, you know, talking to the Uber driver on the way to the airport or meeting somebody new at a friend's housewarming party or birthday party or baby shower or whatever. And our days are filled with those types of interactions. I actually remember a few months ago, there was this woman who 
stopped me when I was walking my dog. This was back when I was in the Charleston area. So very, very early. I had just coached like a 5.30 a.m. boxing class. I'm taking my dog for a walk. And this woman pulls up in her car. Uh, She stops, like her car is still running, but she kind of like pops her head out of the car and tells me to be careful. You know, just that there have been a lot of cars stolen around here lately. There's been other types of theft and she sees me, a single woman, walking alone, early morning hours. She was just trying to look out for me. So she's just like, hey, just FYI, this stuff has been going on. Like, you know, keep your eyes peeled. And I thought that was going to be it. But then she ends up like getting out of the car and coming over to the sidewalk where I'm standing with my dog. And she was like, I'm not trying to be condescending or patronizing or anything. Like, I'm sure you can take care of yourself. But, you know, I've actually been trying to get out of this really abusive relationship for a long time. So I'm just very sensitive to women and violence. And and when she actually walked over and stood and talked to me and she was a lot closer, I could see like half of her face was just covered in bruises. I couldn't see it when she was standing by her car. But when she walked over, I was like, oh my God. I was like, this poor woman. And so she basically told me that at that moment, she was attempting to leave that abusive partner, that she was packing up her car, going somewhere else. I did tell her that I was a boxing coach and I was like, if you ever want to come in, you know, please don't stay at that apartment. But if you stay in the area and you want to learn a little, you know, self-defense, if you want to try a class, like I gave her my information, told her I'd schedule her first class free. Um, I didn't hear from her again, and I really hope that she's okay, but just one example of a fleeting conversation with a complete stranger that I had no idea was going to happen that day, but you just don't know what people are going through. And something even kind of similar here in San Diego just a couple weeks ago, I needed to get my nails done for my best friend in LA's wedding. So I meet this lovely Vietnamese woman at a nail salon. She gives me my manicure. And come to find out, she had recovered from cancer like four times in the past 15 years from different types of cancer, like unbelievable feat of human strength and resilience. And she had only just returned to work to this nail salon like a few days before that. I think she said this was like her third day back after not being able to work for the past three years while she was undergoing chemo, radiation therapy, and all this stuff. And I was just like, oh my God, like this poor lady. But you would never have known. Like she only told me that maybe 45 minutes into into chatting with her. And then another story. I remember I met this guy when um, I was scouting out Raleigh as a potential place to live. And obviously that didn't happen. I'm happy to be home in California, but I was scouting the area and I was at this shared workspace in downtown Raleigh. And the guy who owned it was like giving me the tour. And at the end, we come back to where we started at like the front desk. And this other guy was kind of manning that front desk area. So we, the three of us talked for maybe 20 or 30 minutes. And towards the end of that time, the guy who was like manning the desk tells me that his father just died the day before, like literally yesterday. And I was just like, (gasps) but you would never have known. Like this guy was super cheerful and upbeat and like super welcoming and asking me all these questions about what brings you to Raleigh and this, that, like he would never freaking know. 
And so all of these, all of these are just examples. And when it comes to strangers and loose acquaintances, I think that our brains have this tendency to hyper-magnify the person based solely on that interaction that we are having with them in that moment, that small sliver of the pie. That's all we got. We have to base everything on our experience with somebody, and our experience is incredibly limited. And it's different with people who we're close with, right? Like in those situations, we have a lot more context. We know about the other things going on in their life. We know what they've been through. We know maybe, oh, they're fighting with their significant other right now, or, oh, they just had a really tough run at work. Um, But with strangers and loose acquaintances, we just don't have that context. And when we're talking to new people, I think on the whole, most of us tend to, you know, put on a good face. And we don't talk about our day-to-day stressors because we're taught that's just not socially appropriate. (laughs) to just dump all of your problems on a total stranger. And if you've ever been the person who's unloaded on someone else, or if someone's ever unloaded all their problems on you when you're like standing in a grocery line or something, then you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) You're just kind of like, huh, can I fake an emergency right now? Like, And while I know that that can be very uncomfortable for somebody to just dump all of their emotional baggage on you, I also think that it's kind of beautiful that somebody would even feel like vulnerable enough to share all that with a total stranger. That's kind of like that deeper bond of humanity. Like, okay, shared struggle. And when it comes to people that we're getting to know, maybe we don't know them very well yet, but they're going to be in our lives. Maybe it's a new boss or a new colleague or a friend of a friend who's going to be around. Whenever you hang out with that friend, you might well see that other person. I think what's really hard for most people is to be the first to offer vulnerability. I think that's so, so hard. We want somebody else to say the hard thing first, and then we'll mirror it back to them, right? We want them to offer up a hard thing they went through, something vulnerable, something that really humanizes them to us. And then we'll be willing to say, oh yeah, that happened to me too. Or, oh, something similar happened to me. We'll be willing to show vulnerability once vulnerability is shown to us. But if both people feel that way, it's a waiting game and it may never happen. (laughs) And that's kind of that rule of reciprocity. And I think that vulnerability tends to make us like people more. I know I do. Like when people seem perfect, I typically don't like them (laughs) or I look at them out of the corner of my eye. Like this seems too glossy on the surface. Like what's really going on here? It's not so much about, you know, the Insta-worthy, perfect, airbrushed, like That's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people that we have conversations with directly, a two-way street, who just always say that everything's fine. I have a really good friend in LA, and he always says, check on your strong friends. And that's often because it's the people who don't usually disclose when they're having a hard time that need to be checked on the most because everyone thinks that they're okay. They seem strong. They seem sassy. They seem to have it all together. They seem so confident. Like they're the last person that you would think needs a hand reached out 
needs to be asked, how are you doing? But oftentimes they are exactly who needs that type of support because they never get it because they seem so strong, right? And we know that even though things may seem perfect in their life and not a care in the world, whatever, we know that that is never true. But when things appear that perfect and effortless for someone, sometimes we we resent that a little bit. And it can be really hard to see past the immediate action that someone takes and force yourself to think about their likely motivation for that action. Are they saying this because they're scared or hurt or suppressing an emotion they don't want to feel? Are they coming from a place of trauma or deep insecurity? Like, say you have a boss or a colleague who seems to just love to hear themselves talk. I'm sure all of us have had to deal with people like that. And you know that every meeting will be yet another soapbox grandstand, and you know that they're going to suck all the air out of the room and barely let anyone else get a word in edgewise. And yes, it's very easy and pretty justified to get annoyed with those people. Like, rightfully so. It's annoying. But if you dig a little deeper, this type of I-need-to-be-the-focal-point behavior, it usually stems from people who don't feel heard. They don't feel heard. They don't feel seen, especially in those formative relationships in their lives. Or say you have a partner or a spouse who struggles with accountability or apologizing. It's very possible that they grew up under circumstances where admitting fault meant severe punishment. So they learned to hide their mistakes to cover things up, to tell lies of omission, or just straight up lies. And obviously, you can't psychoanalyze everyone you meet. Wouldn't that be great? That's my dream. (laughs) But I do think it would serve us all well to not take every action at face value. And each time that we feel slighted or wronged, I think we can try to have compassion for those we feel wronged us. Oftentimes, deceitful or immoral actions are born from very deep-seated pain, from some sort of survival mentality that develops out of necessity in order to survive the circumstances somebody is undergoing at that given moment. Then later in life, when that person is in a safer situation, a lot of times the mentality still hasn't shifted. I've known people who were imprisoned in very formative early teen years, and it's like Jekyll Hyde. Like they can switch into this total other mode where it's just like stonewall, vacant expression, just completely disassociated from their body. And it's like that is a survival mechanism. And don't get me wrong here, okay? Showing empathy and compassion and kindness does not mean that you should be a total pushover or a doormat or not hold people accountable. It does not mean that you should take a bunch of crap from people in the name of empathy and compassion, okay? (laughs) But what it does mean is that we can recognize that people's actions are rarely indicative of what's going on under the surface. Things are not in a vacuum. Things are always coming from somewhere. There's always a reason. It's learned behavior that's hardwired by experience. 
And the more we can remind ourselves that we probably don't know the whole story, I think the less likely we'll be to harbor ill will, anger, resentment towards those people. And you know what? We don't have to abide by that age old saying, you know, first impressions are everything because sometimes they're not. (laughs) Sometimes you catch someone on a bad day or in a really tough moment of their life or a tough season of their life. Sometimes people just can't muster the energy to, to fake it. And to be honest, I long for the day that we can normalize giving real answers to those day-to-day nicety types of questions. Like, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Oh, I'm fine. Like, I long for the day that somebody can ask me, how are you? And I can be like, eh, well, my relationship just imploded. I'm on my third cup of coffee right now. Didn't really sleep. So I've been better. (laughs) I mean, wouldn't that be kind of great if we could actually be that honest? And not because of like attention seeking or anything, but just because, because it's true. Because we're not always fine. And you should be able to say that you're not always good and it not turn into a therapy session. I I feel like that is our default mode. If you ask somebody how they are and they indicate that they are not doing well, I feel like our human nature is to kind of jump into fix-it mode. Like, what can I do? Like, how can I help? Like, is there anything you want to talk about? And and that's a good thing that that's a lot of our default mode, but there's actually a third option. It could be, how are you? They tell you they're not great. You say, that sounds really hard. I'm very sorry you're having to deal with that. I'm here if you want to talk. I understand if you don't. That can be okay too. So that's what I wanted to talk about this week, just defaulting to kindness because we rarely know the whole story. I really hope this was helpful. I hope that you are replaying some conversation you've had in the last few days or week or month. And I hope that as you inevitably go through your day-to-day and you have these types of fleeting interactions with strangers and casual acquaintances, I hope you remember this podcast, and I hope you remember to default to kindness. I hope you remember that everybody's going through stuff, very seldom of which we will ever know about, and that ultimately it comes down to the golden rule of of treating people how we want to be treated. I'll be back next week. I'm going to try real hard to stay on the Tuesday schedule. (laughs) Really appreciate you guys reaching out and asking where the next episode was. And please, please, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave me reviews, and share it on your socials. I see the subscriber count growing, and honestly, it gives me so much motivation to keep this podcast going. I'm already anticipating being back in like a nine-to-five job and that type of world and telling myself that if there's one thing that I do differently this time around, it's that I'm going to keep the other priorities in my life consistent, and this is a priority for me. You guys are a priority for me. Feeling like I'm sharing things and making a contribution that really help my people, it means a lot to me. So thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week, and until next time, stay curious.